Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio's Toast to the Arts Show. We chat with artist Victoria Chick every third Saturday. We get into art history a lot. We talk about the museum, uh, which is the Southwest Regional Museum of Art and Art Center. This is a project she's been working with, along with others who are all volunteering their time to get this project off the ground and get a building for it um, in Silver City, New Mexico, which is where Victoria is based. So you can check that project out if you go to swrm-art.org. And also Victoria's website is victoriachick.com where you can see her work. But today she's talking about another artist. And this is going to be an artist a lot of people know about because of the famous Gothic painting uh, picture, I should say. Um, it is the American Gothic is what it was called. And uh, we're going to, you know, the farmers which they're, with their pitchfork on the front, um, that's a very famous picture. Um, but the artist is Grant Wood, and uh, we're going to talk about him. We've touched on him before with another article and podcast we did with Victoria about agriculture and art. And about a few weeks ago, Nancy and I were in uh, Makotica, Iowa. I think I can pronounce it. And um, lo and behold, we saw we were on some scenic byway by a guy called Grant Wood. And we're like, why do we know this name? Well, lo and behold, Victoria knew who he was and reminded us just of how and why we know about him. So welcome back, Victoria. How are you doing? Oh, thank you, Lisa. It's been a great day here so far, and uh, I'm ready to talk about Grant Wood. He was I, that's really so neat. funny. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. We were there. I was like, I'm going, we know that name. We know that name. I know. <laughs> yeah, when you told when you told me that that's where you and Nancy were for a while I thought that that was really neat but you told me that there was so much stuff about Grant Wood in the town and I didn't yeah. know that and and it's interesting because I think they have this scenic byway with him and that and it, these towns are very small agricultural communities so like if you've been to central California like Tulare County has these smaller historic downtowns and um there's modern stores and stuff but the downtowns are so charming, but this one, Makotica, um, I, you know what, I'm going to say, and I know I've said this before, the Midwest does art really well. Most of the communities we've been through have um, public art, even, you know, the fancy bike racks we like, but they seem to be doing a lot in regards to uh, environmental centers, nature centers, and they seem to use art in all of these places too. Uh, so they have that in Makotica. All of this is part of this scenic byway that connects in all these different towns. And downtown Makotica, they have an art center, like a theater, but they have this sculpture that is actually a gazebo, but it doesn't look like a gazebo, but it's like a shelter you could sit under for shade. And it represents the timber that was a big deal in that area, which I didn't realize. Hmm. And they talk <laughs> about how the trees are the fiber of people and how it all connects. So. That's interesting. So I know we're going to be posting your article. Everyone will be able to read it up on uh, blendradioandtv.com, but we'll add some photos from the scenic byway because even when we were driving it, there's all these beautiful river areas. Makotica um, rivers, there's limestone. So lime uh, mining was a big deal. And um, so there's all these limestone kilns out there too. Lots of, I mean, this, 
it's fascinating stuff. Like we we loved it. And so this trail goes through these different towns. They have a map with you know where to eat, where to sleep, where to play, and then what has to do with art. And so I mean we spent one afternoon doing it all in the Makotica area. And of course went had to go hang out at the river and have a picnic and all oh, of that. Yeah. But but seeing the like the pastures and these red barns, I did get the, I almost got run over. Like, you know, I had to park in a stupid place to go take a photo of the farmer's barn, you know, and they probably go, oh, I see those license plates from Arizona. These are just barns out here, you know, <laughs> but, but <laughs> seeing all those barns and everything and just the way it, it's just so iconic. And so it does remind me of his art a lot about that setting of, yes. you know, the, the farmlands. You know, so and I, I, I was going to say Anamosa, <laughs> Iowa, I believe, is also on that trail. In fact, I yes. think it was just the town over from where we were. So we were really mm, close okay. to him. Yeah. And then doesn't he go into Illinois with what he does, too? Like some of his history goes into it, which is just over the border where we were. We well, were on the border he, of Illinois. Yeah, he he went for for a while. He was at the Art Institute of studying uh, early on, and then, of course, the uh, Art in- Chicago Art Institute is the is the location and the and the institution that really gave him his big boost uh, as an artist because they they're the ones that, that he entered he entered American Gothic into a, a jury ex- exhibition there, and um, it won first place. He got it got the medal, the big prize. And uh, also, the, the Art Institute bought the painting. So that was like uh, gold for somebody's resume at the time. And um, it, it really launched him into a different level of, of being an artist. So, yeah, this, this is, you know, that, that was a big deal, that, that picture. Oh, very um, much, yeah. Was it a painting first that he did? Because I know, you know, reading the article, um, again, everyone up on Blend Radio and TV.com, but also all the links are in the radio show notes, the podcast mm-hmm. notes. But it seems like he was kind of a, a renaissance man in a way. Like he didn't, it wasn't just, you know, painting. It was, you know, interior design. It was woodwork. He seemed yeah. to delve in to everything. He did. He was He was involved in almost every endeavor in Iowa that that was art related. I mean, he really was, um, you call him a Renaissance man. And he, that, that is, that describes him really well. Cause he did metal work. I mean, he, he did this wonderful chandelier, uh, out of metal that was, that re- represented Iowa to him and he, where the, where the, where the bulbs would fit into the, into the chandelier, the bulb, the holders for those bulbs were, were made to look like corn cobs. So <laughs> it sounds a little hokey, but it really was a good design. And uh, brought him a lot of um, kudos, I guess, at the time. But but he did jewelry. One of, one of the things he did when he when he went to Chicago for a short period of time to support himself while he was studying at the Art Institute, um, he worked for his, in a silversmithing shop, and he learned very quickly. Very quickly, so not much didn't take him much time before he opened up his own business as a silversmith and so he, he was there for for a while in in um in illinois in, in chicago area um 
Wow. Back home, his his mom his mom was always kind of precarious because I mean that's you go back to when when he lived in in Alamosa or Anamosa, um, his father died. There was a pretty good sized family. His father died when he was only ten years old, and so he and and, a, and he had a brother that was slightly older. They they moved off the farm and went into town because their mom thought there'd be more opportunity there, and she she didn't think that. You know, she and she and his sisters and and he could handle heavy farm work, I guess. So they moved to town. Well, he had to get a job right away. I mean, he's ten years old, for heaven's sake. And his mm-hmm. older his older brother was probably about twelve or thirteen. So those two boys supported the family. Wow. And I mean, so I, I can't imagine people, you know, kids, this, you know, today, doing that. Uh, but they, they, these guys, I mean, they didn't have any choice. They just buckled down and they did what what had to be done, and they didn't complain about it. <laughs> so, so, but um, while he was doing that, he was still going to, you know, going to school, mm-hmm. and he got it. He got involved in um, a amateur theater group in Cedar Rapids. Um, he he did a little bit of work. He it, really young. It probably wasn't interior decoration, but he was probably helping somebody do work like that. Um, mm. Anyway, did, so he 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 overcame um, difficulties as as a child even. And uh, by the time he got to high school, he was very directed as to what he wanted to do. He knew he knew he wanted to be an artist, and I think. Um, he tried a lot of different different um, ways of working. You know, he, he had teachers, and he was he worked for the teachers rather than he didn't have his own style early on. I mean, when we say Grant Wood today, we sort of we sort of know that it's going to be kind of a, a smooth surface, and um, the, the lines are going to be precise, the edges are going to be crisp, and mm-hmm. um, the color is going to be really really warm. Um, but he, he took him a while to develop that style, and he really did not develop it until after he went to Europe, which is really interesting to me because he's 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 working his way through life. You know, he's he's right. he earns money, and then he and then he studies, and he and he and he earns money at the same time, and then he he is able to to afford a trip to to Europe, and he that was really beneficial for him. Um, when he got there, that was really when he he quit doing all the other stuff that was art related, and he buckled down and he studied painting. And he arrived in in France when um, impressionism was very popular. It finally got mm-hmm. gotten really popular. So he he started his career painting and and as an impressionist, which was way different than he wound up in his style, but. Um, he he made actually four trips to to Europe, mostly mostly to France, but he went to Italy too. He went to Germany, and mm-hmm. he was he was he spent a lot of time going to museums, and and some of the things that he saw in in museums, especially in Germany, were the Northern Flemish painting, Northern Renaissance it was it was okay. called, from the 14th century and a little bit into the 15th century, and um it was it was uh 
very, very smooth. It was the oil painting had just come in at that time. So there, the, the surface was glossy. The edges were, were um, very, de very defined. And um, he, within these paintings and some of the, the graphic work that you saw, there were Gothic elements. And he really, as, as we can see by American Gothic later on in his life, he was really struck by that kind of architecture. And, it, and you, when you go to Iowa and you go to, to some other places in the, in the Midwest, southern, southern Minnesota, um, mm -hmm. Illinois, um, anyway, you, you see these, a lot of these farm buildings and these old, these old houses, these old frame houses, they used a lot of, of Gothic architectural elements like, uh, like windows. For like that sort of look like we would call might call them church windows today because that they have that pointed arch at the top that is uh, typically Gothic style. Mm. So um, so anyway, all those all those elements that he saw there, he brought them back to Iowa, and um, I think he always missed Iowa in a way. He said he said it, uh, it was quoted as I can't remember the exact quote. But basically, he basically it was that he he had to go to Europe to to find out that he wanted to be in Iowa. <laughs> so, well, that so, but that um, happens with travelers. You know yeah, what I mean? It's yeah. like well, it it doesn't it also like kids are raised in smaller yeah. communities like that, and then they go off to the big city. It's like I'm going to New York City, and then like yep. five years later, they're like, we're getting the hell out of New York City. You know, it's like <laughs> New York City's for New York City people. Like, there's a certain yeah that that's a that's a you know it's like LA and places like that you think you want to go there and for a yeah. vast majority it's their place right but if it's not like you go you know what I really want that farmland I want the prairie flowers <laughs> I want those birds the red-winged blackbirds yeah. you know yeah and that's yeah cool. and then of course he he was he his family they were a tight-knit family I mean with what they'd gone through and how they'd helped each other and um so I think he I think he missed that also. Um, even though he 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 took on a responsibility to to support everybody in his family. His brother was gone by then, but he had he had a sister had a sister at home and his mom, and he he continued to support them uh, throughout his life. Mm. Um, I um, I just I think that's amazing when when families you go through these rough patches in life, right? I don't think anybody's, you know, immune yeah. to them and you have to, you know, pick it up and go for it and just grin and bear it and do it. And it teaches you these lessons. And I think yeah. artists always kind of pull from that. It becomes like a creative source. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? It's like a your right. water well for, for art, but he seemed <laughs> well, to be inspired by things like that simplicity to me in his art yet has so much movement and lighting is amazing. I think he's an amazing artist. Personally, I like his work. Well, yeah, I do too. He he. Uh, once he won, once he won that prize, I mean, he the world opened up for him. And as from an artistic standpoint, um, and he he was very he, he was quite prolific for 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 a while. Then um, he joined this. It was it, it, I mean he lived he lived during two world wars. So that, that affected him, even though he was safe in Iowa. Okay. Mm. So, but, um, 
40, in the 1930s, we'd go, he, of course, he'd go on through the Depression as well. So that, that um, Depression was, was hard for everybody. So everybody was kind of a shared experience. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't a wonderful one, but people helped, did help each other. And I think that was important to him um, from a personal uh, standpoint. Um, hmm. You had mentioned Stone, Stone City Quarries, and I want to I want to mention <laughs> mention that because it, it, I still so I did not know about Stone City Quarries um, when I went through graduate school. I hadn't heard of them, but I found out later on when I was doing some research on lithography that. Um, World War One really interrupted the development of lithography because it was in Austria and part of Germany that that the the, the fighting it was disrupted quarrying rock and that that area of Europe had the finest grained limestone ever huh. that that anybody knew about at the time. Well, when that that supply of limestone was couldn't couldn't be make it make it to the United States anymore. Um, they did they did discover in Iowa uh, this quarry that had very similar rock, very similar granite or limestone that was um, really fine grain and you could draw on it. So they they started mining it and they they made a, they made buildings out of it. They did they did wonderful work. It was very high quality. But but from an artistic standpoint, one of the benefits was they could cut blocks of the stone and uh-huh. uh, smooth it smooth it out and then people could draw on it and they and you do lithography on it. So that when we see the artwork of the Depression era era and a little bit after mm-hmm. that from um from the um artist standpoint they did a lot of lithographs and that was where that that stone came from that allowed them to do it wow that's amazing because yeah out in um makotica they had the lime kiln so i don't know if that kind of connects with him um and it was some historic town that went away after a while but it yeah. developed a yeah, little well, community stone Stone City, and of course he started. He, along with the some of the other regionalist artists like Thomas Hart Benton and John mm-hmm. Stuart Curry, they they formed an art colony and they called it the, the Stone City Art Colony, which was pretty original, as, since it was in Stone City, and uh, it did not last long. But but the buildings that formed the art colony um, were, were were part of this very small town, and they they are still. They still exist, although there nobody lives there anymore. Uh, it's not a town. Ta- the, the the art colony is not a town uh, kind of setup anymore. Hmm. That's interesting, man. How it all yeah. comes together with him. So you know, yeah. so he had a he had a rough time as a kid, but the family was like tight. Yeah, as you and say, you know. Treated- People treated him really well. I mean, he 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 was a nice person. He he did a lot for the community he lived in, and everybody treated him well. Well, um, things changed after he got to the University of Iowa. He, for, at first, he was he was he came in as a faculty member. He was he was very respected. In fact, one of the things that Red said he was probably the most um, famous 
professor they had at the at the the entire university. So I mean, they were they were hmm. really glad he was there. He'd been there a while when they got a new chairman of the art department, and that 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 guy. Uh, I don't know why he he disliked um, Grant Wood at all. I mean, maybe he was just jealous because he wasn't as famous as Grant Wood. But um, he made Grant Wood's life miserable at the university because he was a backbiter and um, and worked actively to ruin his reputation. Um, mm. From 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 the arts an art standpoint, and he wasn't satisfied with just trying to ruin his reputation at the university. He would he would he contacted art critics in New York and so forth, and and he he claimed that Grant Wood was a fascist or a communist or both. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, he wasn't you know he wasn't. It was that era though, wasn't it? But, it was kind of that he, era of people doing that. Well. It was it was before McCarthy. The fifties were probably more like that, where there was blacklisting mm. and stuff like that. But but before that, I mean, people people just it was actually before. This is a period before World War Two, or going it would be going into it, um, or maybe during it. So because it it lasted for quite a long time. His, um, but. Um, <sighs> They, uh, if you, if anybody, if any of your listeners have ever taken art history classes, um, in the, you know, maybe not right now, but uh, maybe like 20 years ago, there was a book that was commonly used, and it was written by a guy named Jansen, J-A-N-S-E-N. It was called uh, the the history of art, and it was it was a it was a basic textbook. Well, Jansen had been reached by this guy. Uh, at the University of Iowa, um, and had been informed by him that you know uh, how terrible how terrible Grant Wood was, and how oh, wow. his painting was his paintings were not worth anything. He was he was just provincial, and um, he, he, his his work was passe. You know all you know anything that you could think that would be a Gee, negative nice. com- comment. Yeah. <laughs> That's what this. So anyway, when this guy wrote his his textbook, he 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 pretty much badmouthed the regionalist art artists. Um, Thomas Hart Benton he couldn't he couldn't attack him too greatly because by that time Thomas Hart Benton's picture had been on the cover of Time magazine as Man of the Year. So so but but he he would he did not he would not put Grant Wood's name. In his book, so oh my God. if you're looking, if you're looking at the history of art that represents the regionalist, you won't find Grant Wood's name in Jans's book, and it was that's crazy. It's, just, it's very spiteful, <laughs> and um, you know yeah. it's too bad. It's it's too bad that that happened. Yeah, you know that it, happens in in so many industries, like even the food industry. There was um, a documentary we covered on uh, Charlie Trotter and uh-huh. Charlie Trotter he, he was one of the top chefs in I think it was Chicago I'm going to get in trouble yeah Chicago went through hell and he was like you know Mr. Perfectionist not always the nicest person but and then yeah. did a lot of good things though like a lot of good charity stuff really took care of people and he you know people um, 
used him basically they learned from him and then he would get pissy if they kind of stole from like not stole money or anything but um would would try to rise over him yeah yeah kind of use his claim to help themselves and um he was all about the michelin stars anyways charlie trotter was one who innovated what fine dining was like he was the king of it king of farm to table when it comes to farm to table he was he had his own farms he did all this stuff yeah and the the i mean he got put down and then he got sick and 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 he did pass away but um he got put down at some some kind of award thing somebody was there and anthony bourdain went to this big event and all the people the muckety mucks are there and he yeah. just turned around and looked at each one of them and called them exactly what they needed to hear about themselves about putting mm. down the the trailblazer you don't put down the trailblazer you can go yeah. ahead and that's the, the trailblazer yeah. did something yeah. you everything yeah, and, and, he was like there's yeah. nothing you, you guys aren't there without him you know right and right. and they had forgotten that and that's kind of what it sounds like with grant wood like you know what i mean they forget who he, well, who yeah, he is and didn't I want think, to uh, they were you know it's interesting because they, they they were tearing him down because because he was they were jealous and, and and he he was admired respected his work was was loved by most people um about the time that he um passed away uh it was the war was not the second world war was was not quite over it's kind of like the middle of the war and um and so there was. Uh, I think yes. I think his he he, it, he he was so ups, upset. I I don't think that did his health any any good. You know. Um, yeah. Uh, you, you you're worried about you're worried about your country. You're worried about the war. You're worried because people are badmouthing you, and um, and all you're trying to do is 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 express yourself. In, in, a, in an artist in a, in a in a visual art way and um i'm sure that that uh being um uh, ridiculed having your work ridiculed ridiculed and so forth was really very hard on him um mm. and also and the war during the during the second world war and and immediately after that there were a lot of a lot of artists that were trying to get out of germany and out of france and they were coming to the United States if they were able to, you know, because because there were uh, repercussions on that too from the countries they were leaving. But um, at that time, then then people started writing about expressionism, and expressionism started started becoming popular because the critics were touting it. And um, mm-hmm. and I mean, that's, I'm not I'm not denigrating that. Because things change, and and so Grant Wood's paintings started to appear to be too insular, too too American, too provincial, and all this exciting work was coming in from Europe, and mm. people started paying paying more attention to that. And so Grant Wood, I mean, he died in 1942, so he didn't really he he, he saw. What was happening? I didn't, he may have been too close to it to to realize it, but um, so he. But after his death, I mean, his work 
was still appreciated, but not exalted like it, it had been. That style was, was kind of, um, and Thomas Hart Benton experienced the same thing uh, mm. for a while. Oh, that's and right. Then, yeah. And, wow. And, and, and then there, there's kind of a renaissance of, of, of where, where people reevaluate things that have been done. And, and and art like like music and like um, certain kinds of writing go in they go in trends they go they uh, sometimes uh, you know a trend will die out <laughs> uh, pretty completely but sometimes it bounces back and we see that in fashion all the time where mm. uh, a certain style will make a will make a comeback. Um, yep, like bell bottoms are so, back. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, it's the 70s again. <laughs> yeah, why not? They're cool. <laughs> I like them. So, they make so, my hips uh, better. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, life, life, is, in, life is interesting. He, 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 I think most of his life uh, he enjoyed. I really do. Mm. Even, when he was, even when he was young and, and had to move out of the farm country and into, into the city. You know, I, I think he... He had his he had his family he we loved um, he he painted he painted many members of the family they were his models many times and um, uh, huh. I mean we could we could talk completely about his his relationship with his sister but it would yeah. take, it would take another hour so. oh my god because it but, seems that they were they were close or oh yeah they not. were very close and and of course she got she got flack. Uh, because of that painting, um, people people were kid her, you know, because she she looked so kind of dowdy and mean and <laughs> cranky <laughs> in that painting, uh, which she and she wasn't like that at all in real life. So so uh, she got a lot of um, razzing, I guess, from from that experience. But and he wow. he felt bad he felt bad about that because he didn't really. He wasn't really making it about her. She he she was just nice enough to stand as his model. So she didn't even really exactly look completely like that. No. But it, <laughs> it it's it's you know, I think people are you know, we're just such we're we're horrible people, like creatures. You know, we are. Like it <laughs> we can be really nice and then there's that split side, like, you know, it's like yeah. one day you're the rock star, the next day you're down. And that happens in so many, you know, right spheres, right? right? Yeah. it happens and, and, we, and but you know, people aren't perfect but it's like they come down yeah. but i think for artists and and people of the creative nature you're wearing your heart on your sleeve with everything you put out if you've got integrity yeah. to it you know you still are right. and you have to make that choice of i'm doing it for what that art needs to be for the true creative spirit not um to match your furniture you know i think i think and I then think, he might have uh, done a little of that because he was an interior designer but I think that's because he understood simplicity and yeah. he understood lines and how to make yeah. straight lines feel like they yeah. flow. He, you know, you yeah. know what I mean. He had a yes. yeah, he had, he, had a, he had a very strong, strong design sense, and uh, in everything he did, you know. But I, I kind of think that he had the last laugh, if you could call it that, um, as far as as far as being put down because. Uh, his work, his work is, you know, really appreciated today. I mean, there's, he never really lost totally uh, the, the uh, admiration of, of general public. 
Um, and critics, you sort of, <laughs> you have to sort of take what they say with a grain of salt because they're not, they're not necessarily giving you truth. They're giving you opinion, and they're welcome. They're welcome to do that. That's what they're paid for. However, uh, the guy, the guy, Lester Longman, who was the the, the instigator of the of the uh, um, <laughs> attack on Grant Wood. You know, who's heard of him today, except I just told you. Mm. You know, he was he was the chairman of the art department. And he and he and he was a mean man. So that's what we can say about him. Yeah, exactly. Right? There you go. Right. Gosh. But I mean Grant Wood lives on. I mean he's got his mm -hmm. own byway. You know, he's right. famous. That you know, American yes. Gothic is just I mean, that's a huge deal, but I mean he has his own byway and it, it yes. connects communities and they, they do a really good uh, job on signage. I have to say Iowa as a whole does good on signs and byways. And um, even with the Jefferson Highway, um, we yes. started following it in some parts of, of Iowa and they really did it to the point of like, you need to turn left because even though this is a main street, the highway back in the day went around the corner. So you just go down around yeah. the corner. You know what I mean? They they embrace their roots and their heritage in such a good way. And and I think that's important, you know, when you go oh, to yes. these places. I love the Midwest. Honestly, <laughs> I had no yeah. clue. You know, I had you know, no clue. And I don't know why it gets put down because it does. It, you know what I mean? Even <laughs> as a destination, it, that's no, wrong. Midwest, the Midwest is a great place. And that's, it's got a lot of culture. It's got a lot of... Um, activity. It's got a lot of a lot of interesting things going through it. It's got history. It's also um, a, a home of people who they're not maybe not may not be overly overly effusive, but they are always friendly. If, if you if you want to talk to somebody in the Midwest, they'll be happy to spend time talking to you, and mm. um, I appreciate that. Uh -huh. um, I, I one thing I when I was when I was looking at this, I realized that my father went to the same high school that Grant Wood went to. Oh, wow. Because my father was born in Cedar Rapids, but he was there about no probably about 10 years after Grant Wood. Wow. That's, I you know, those connections when, are cool. Yeah, it, yeah. it is. But I can remember when I was a little kid, uh, my my father talking about Grant Wood, and I, I would have I been probably nine or 10 years old. Um, and my father, even back then, Grant Wood was famous, famous enough that my father, you know, knew about him and um, held him up as kind of an example, a good example. That's amazing, though. You know, when you yeah. think about how close it is, the connection to you, you know, mm -hmm. that here he was and he was building and growing and. I mean, it's, it's just, it, that's so cool to have those ties back, you know? I yes. mean, that's when I yeah. couldn't believe it when we were there, like, I know that name. What's that name? And the lady was like, <laughs> you know, there was taking us around and she's a very sweet lady. Um, and she's like, no, it's that one artist who did this, you know? And I think we, it was Nancy who was like, oh, you mean Winslow Homer? I'm like, no, 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 it's not it. It's not, I know who it is. I got to call Victoria, Victoria, <laughs> who, what, and where? We know this name, you know? Um, but yeah, it was, it was just, it's so nice to see communities celebrate their artists. And you know what we found on our way to Makotica? 
And now I can't mm -hmm. remember the town name and I'm going to have to look it up where we were. So we had to get gas. Like we really needed to get gas. You know how it is yeah. on the road. All of a sudden yeah. we need gas. We get gas and we go in. We're like, this town had this name. Um, yes, this is the home of Lily something, or I can't remember her name. I have to go back on all our notes. We're like, who is that? Uh, Millie, Millie. Cause then we, we went mad at Millie from Silver City, you know, we thought, Ooh, who's this? You know, oh, you, we you thought were in Kansas City. <laughs> no, we were in Kansas City on this one. We were in um. Yes, it was somewhere in Iowa. Oh, maybe okay. somewhere in Kansas. Turns out we were in the town where a young girl built and made Monopoly. She created Monopoly, and she's oh from this town. And we're like, no way, we've got to find our house. But we were in a rush to get to, you know, meet our friend over yeah. in Makotica. So now we have to go back and find this and, and do history because I'm like, we're, we're in Monopoly town. I mean, so then I was trying to figure out now I want to see the original game, what it looked like. They've got to have a museum somewhere to see, you know, did she <laughs> design it after like Kansas City or, you know what I mean? Where I've got to go to the beginning of it. So that's really cool. And I think it was a little girl that just did. She was young and she designed the game. <laughs> that's you know? pretty amazing because we have a lot of financial uh, stuff in that. I thought it was a guy, you know, maybe because of Hasbro yeah. and, um, you know, all of what is it? Hasbro, uh, the game maker? Those are Par Parker, gummy bears. Parker Brothers, I think. Parker I think, Brothers. I think Parker yeah, you got Brothers. it. Yeah. 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 I thought it was a guy because they have a, a annual Monopoly Day or something. And then and that was the company, the guy from the company name. So I thought he invented it. No, it was a young girl who did it. Huh. So I have to look you, it up. And, you come and, up with some really interesting factoids. <laughs> it's only from driving around. You don't know what yeah. you're going to find. It's like, Nancy and yeah. I just start, like, let's go there. What does this sign say? Then you jump on your Googly, you, you know, your Googly phone. And you Google <laughs> it up and you're like, no way. And hope you have phone service, you know, because sometimes <laughs> yeah. you don't. Yeah. You find the weirdest things out on this. But that's the thing. The Midwest is full of little things. And I'm, I think... There's something about the the really, you know, the big winters that you guys have out here is that you, <laughs> you've you got to create to keep yourself sane. You know, yeah. I'm just saying, I think <laughs> that it brews creativity, the Midwest, um, the winters, you, it, yeah, that's fuel for creative spirit is like, yeah, yeah you, gives, gives you, gives you a lot of time to reflect and to, and to create. Yeah, it's a, it, yeah, your winters are beautiful, but you can now have them here. Sorry, I'm yeah, not doing yeah. that again. I say that, but then watch what happens this year, you know, so you never know, but uh, very cool. I'm so glad we could do this, you know, um, Nancy and I are going to have to finish the byway, you know, but because it does go sure. to all these other communities, but it's kind of like following the Frank Lloyd Wright trail, too, because he has one through Wisconsin, um, Frank oh. Lloyd Wright. In Madison, right from, yeah, yes, yes. right downtown well, Madison, that, they that have a trail. Yeah. yeah, and I think it goes throughout the state or something, and maybe even cross into Illinois, I think, maybe. I might be wrong. Yeah, he, he um, did a lot of work in, in the Chicago suburbs, in Oak, Oak yeah. Park especially. So that that's a whole other thing. I mean, to me, it's, do you consider architecture art? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. I do too. So everyone, again, uh, Victoria's article is up on blendradioandtv.com and you can visit her website at victoriachick.com. We look forward to next month. I know there's always something cool to talk about and another artist. So uh, very interesting. And I don't know, I'm, I'm curious about his sister now. 
in, in that relationship, <laughs> you know. So we'll have to dig yeah. into that a little bit later. Uh, everyone, Victoria is here every third Saturday. Thank you so much, Victoria. And thank you all for joining us here on BigBlendRadio.com. Thank you, Lisa. We'll talk to you next month.